Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Daniel Gallen. Hey, folks. Hey, Penn State folks. I'm Bob Flounders. Daniel Gallen, uh, with his Detroit Tigers baseball cap, is joining me from his studio in the greater State College area. I can't give I don't give out locations, people. I don't like to give out locations to the Penn Live Penn State guys. All I'll say with Dave Jones is he lives somewhere in Downingtown. Daniel lives somewhere in State College. I live somewhere on Riley Street in Harrisburg. Wait, that was too specific. I could be in a lot of trouble, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. It's We're getting closer to the Super Bowl, my favorite day of the year. It's supposed to get close to 50 degrees today, Daniel. I've ditched the uh, the snow cap. I got, I got my old visor on. I'm feeling good. I think I have spring fever. I know in about eight days when it's 11 degrees again. It's going to be a bad decision and I'll probably get sick. But right now I'm proceeding as spring is right around the corner. The Super Bowl's right around the corner. Daniel, we have a lot to get to. I also know uh, covering the Penn State basketball, men's basketball team, uh, another tough defeat. Played a really tough Michigan team at home and it just didn't go their way. Not a great second half. Not a, not a great final couple minutes of the first half for Penn State men's basketball. Real quick, any quick takeaways you want to get off your chest? Yeah, I mean, that stretch uh, from, I think it was 356 left in the first half. Jalen Pickett hits a three-pointer. Penn State goes up by 11, um, and then they didn't score again for more than 10 minutes. Um, Michigan, that allowed Michigan to get into the game, uh, take the lead. But this Penn State team is tough. They they didn't let Michigan pull away. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had some chances there at the end and just couldn't come all the way back. It's just a really well-coached team that they the guys seem to be in the right spots at a lot of the right times. I mean, you look at that Wisconsin game on Saturday when they, they started shooting one of 20. Um, yeah. One of the more uh, insane halves of basketball I've ever watched, uh, 18 to 13 uh, at the break. Penn State was getting open shots and they just weren't falling. So it's a very kind of it's kind of a weird thing to watch sometimes and to evaluate at the end where it's literally just the ball didn't go in the basket. Um, right after the game last night, Sam Sessoms, uh, the guard from Philly, less than 20 minutes after the game, he was back out on the court working on some layups that he said usually go in uh, that weren't going in last night. So you can read more about that at penlive.com. Uh, okay. He had some very candid things to say. Hey, about Daniel, what is that? Penlive, P-E-N-M-L-I-V-E. Is that, is that the name of the site? PennLive.com. I just wanted to get that right for Penn State fans. (laughs) Yeah, so you can read more about that. Uh, They've got another game at Minnesota. They got an interesting stretch next week against Michigan State, Minnesota again, uh, and Maryland. So it's uh, the Big Ten's crowded. It's some some tough basketball, but they're in the mix. And I think that's all you can ask for right now. All right. All right. Well, there's something to be said for a team that might be a little bit out-talented. I'm not saying Penn State was, but... They don't back away from adversity. They hang in there. They sh- they showed that when they were able to beat Iowa. But it was I just I think I think they're going to get a couple of these go their way. 
as the season goes on, I get it's easy to get discouraged. I think of things you lose a lot of close ones. Let's just see how the end of February plays out for Penn State. We'll see where they are at the end of the season. I think that I they almost always it's weird. They almost always find a way to come up with a really big win late in the season, and I'm sure they'll do it again. But Daniel, we it's been a it's been a pretty interesting Penn State football week on so many different fronts. I, I know that you and Dustin Hockensmith are going to do, uh, as always, uh, a blue-white breakdown podcast a little later this week. I don't want to steal any of your thunder because I know you and Dustin both do quite a bit with regard to recruiting. But I just wanted to touch on a couple of recruiting things generally. I won't ask you for any deep analysis. And then I wanted to get to uh, maybe a, a little discussion about Phil Troutwine, big picture about the 2022 offensive line. But instead of starting with actual recruiting, I guess technically this is recruiting. Let's just dip into the transfer portal, Daniel, and talk about the Cornell edition. I know I'm bad with names. I'm going to give it my best shot. Hunter Norzad? Yep. Okay, yes. Now It's either got to be Norzad or Nowrzad, but I'm like, I'm going to go with Norzad. Cornell offensive lineman stand out in the the Ivy League. You know, so, so Eric Wilson came in from Harvard and he was, I don't want to say he was viewed as, Oh boy, a a huge get, a huge get. But he, I think, I think the fan base is pretty excited about him. He certainly played a lot, Daniel in 2021 uh, played a lot at guard. It's debatable how well he actually did play. It was a big jump. I don't, I think he took a year off from football too, because the Ivy league didn't play in 2020. Um, So, I mean, he might've had some things working against him, but having said all that, I don't know if the accolades uh, match up with Hunter Norzad and how he's going to play at Penn State, but this is a guy that is projected to compete at an interior offensive line spot, which means center or guard. But I'll tell you what, if he plays as mean as he looks, that guy is intimidating. I've seen some pictures of this guy, and I'm like, this, this guy looks like a football player to me. I didn't always get that vibe from Eric Wilson. Nothing against him. He certainly had his moments. But looking at him a couple of times and you know, talking to him after games, it was kind of a baby Huey vibe, right? He was just kind of a baby face kid, super smart, very, very well-spoken, knew what he was doing. This guy looks like a mauler. So with that as my two cents, what what are your just your quick initial thoughts on this guy? Yeah, definitely. I think that he should be able to come in and, and hit the ground running a little bit more than, than Eric Wilson did. Um, Eric Wilson didn't get on campus until – after he graduated from Harvard um, last spring, he didn't play in 2020. I think he described uh, watching the Indiana game, uh, Penn State, Indiana, the season opener in 2020. He said he was in Nashville with some of his football buddies at a bar watching. And I like that. Um, that, you know, I think that he talked a lot about how that he and his some of the other football players kind of moved around uh, during the pandemic to do their school virtually while while still training. But Obviously, that's not the same um, as being in a in a strength and conditioning program, and and just not the same as playing football. So, I think Norzad is in a a good position to to come in and be physically ready. Um, he's listed, I think, at six four two ninety eight on the Cornell roster. Um, but we'll see where he is when he comes in. Um, obviously, I think Penn State likes their offensive linemen a little bit heavier, um, especially on the interior. So it'll be interesting and. That interior, it's it's going to be a fun position battle. Um, I think the yeah. follow, um, Salim Wormley, I think is still kind of the, the wild card from what we heard about him last year and, and his injury. 
Um, and then you got a host of young guys who who could have the chance to to play yeah. next to G Scruggs and, and Caden Wallace. So Norzad, I think the ceiling is a little bit higher than than what Eric Wilson's was. Um, so I think that that'll be that'll be really interesting to watch. He's still got to graduate, I think, from Cornell. So that I would imagine he's going to have to hit the ground running at some point in the in the summer, maybe with a maybe with a strength and conditioning staff, and then hopefully when he's on the field in August. Um, they'll be able to get a pretty good look at him. But you're right, uh, Daniel. You know, Landon Tangwall, Salim Wormley, who James Franklin pl- praised out of the blue one, one Tuesday in the fall, did not see that coming. And then, um, there might be some other contenders as well. They seem to be the guys, though, with, with Scruggs set, I think, at center. And Fashano, after he started, Olu Fashano started um, for Rashid Walker in the bowl game at left tackle. He's got to be the guy to beat out. Mike, your such was pretty clear. Uh, he was asked about uh, Caden Wallace kicking inside the guard, and he he looked at whoever asked the question like they had two or three heads. So, to me, to my line of thinking, I think that I think that Caden Wallace isn't going anywhere. But I mean, they got to get better at guard. I think they really like Juice Scruggs. Uh, it remains to be seen. All eyes are on the offensive line every off season and every <laughs> once the Big Ten season starts as well, and and with good reason. They just James Franklin has recruited a lot of four-star offensive linemen. Michael Mennett, in the eyes of many, was a five-star offensive lineman. He had a very solid career, but, you know, I think a lot of people viewed him as, and I I think he probably dealt with some injuries as well, but a lot of people thought, man, this this is a guy that could be a future first-round or second-round draft pick. It just just hasn't worked out. Um, They didn't have a great offensive line when James Franklin got here. He did recruit a lot of four-star guys. Some were playing in the NFL, but – Every time I think Penn State's it's like the boy who cried wolf. Every time a fan, Penn State fan base hears something great about an incoming offensive lineman, they just kind of say, uh, "Yeah, uh, wake me up after a couple of months," and he puts somebody on the ground. So the reason I bring that up, uh, Daniel, is they are going crazy recruiting offensive linemen in classes, and it's just been one after another. It's a seems like it's more than a focus. Is it? Is this just the way the the dominoes fell? Daniel, or do you do you sense that James Franklin, you know, and Phil Troutline know that they got to get some more big bodies they like on campus. They got to get some more contenders who can compete for jobs because the more big bodies you have, the better the chance that four or five are going to work out. But it just seems, though, it's been a real focus the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that in in some respects, it's kind of just how the the dominoes fell um, because they had those those junior days um, on on the Saturdays in January, um, which kind of let let kids come up and and see the campus and and be be around the coaches uh, and whatnot. Um, so I think that that probably influenced some of the decisions and um, you know allowed these kids to really have something concrete to weigh their offers up against. But at the same time, I mean, it's definitely definitely a point of emphasis. I mean, the offensive line is one of those positions where you just have to take as many swings as possible. Um, And Penn state is really putting themselves in position for that. And they're going to have a numbers crunch um, at the offensive line at some point in the class of 2021, Landon Tangwall is the only, um, he's the only guy uh, from that class on, on campus. Uh, Nate Bruce is in junior college now. And even then with only taking two offensive linemen, um, yeah. When I think that there were, I think there are five in the class of 2020, that'll create a numbers dip. And I think that you kind of have to make up for that. And also guys are going to transfer out. You kind of have to protect against 
the transfer portal, especially when you look at kind of those, those class of 2020 guys where, all right, you bring in five uh, true freshmen when they're redshirt sophomores or the redshirt sophomores now, but when they're redshirt juniors, when they're in that fourth, fifth year, um, even some of those guys will have the option for the sixth year because they were in college in 2020. Um, how many of those guys are left? So you kind of have to start planning ahead, doing the numbers game a little bit. And I think that's kind of how you're seeing things shake out right now with the numbers. And the more swings you take, the more chances you have of getting a hit. And I think that Penn State, there's been a, a lot of singles and doubles, and I think yeah. they need some more triples and, and home runs at that position. Yeah, a lot of bloop singles. They're not even hard hit singles, but um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bloopers that are just finding some grass. That's Daniel Gallon of Blue Light Breakdown Podcast. I'm Bob Flounders. Let's talk real, just real quick, because I know I think that you and Dustin are going to get into more of this. Just the the kid from why I'm missing that's a top 100 recruit. Want just one or two things to share with the Penn State fans about him. So it's Javen Williams. Uh, he's a four star no. top top 100 recruit. Uh, I think listed at he might have been six four two eighty five, or that might have been that might have been another one. But just another <laughs> another big body, um, and is someone who's young enough to to grow a little bit more, add a little bit. I watched his tape, and it's like he can just really get out in space. Those some of those younger defensive backs just did not stand yeah. a chance against him when when he's out in the open field. So. Wyoming had a had a really deep run in the playoffs last year. He he had the opportunity to go up against some some top competition, and yep. he plays in an area where there is good competition. So I think it'll be I think he'll be a really good key piece. Um, he's obviously one of the top players in the state of Pennsylvania, and you saw how much success Penn State had in the class of 2022. Yep. So you got to spin that over to the class of 2023, and then just in terms of the overall quality of the offensive linemen that Penn State is bringing in. Obviously, when you look at the rankings, there's there's a couple three stars in there um, that are I think they're everyone's within the top 500 of the 24 seven composite. But Audrey Snyder from the Athletic had a good note where between Alex Birchmeyer, who's a five star, and I think number 31 in the composite, um, and then Williams, who's who's I think might be in the 90s in the composite, but multiple outlets have him in the 40s or the 60s in their own house rankings. This could be the first time that James Franklin brings in two top 100 recruits on the offensive line, according to that metric. So it's not just numbers right now, but there is an an element of quality um, that I think people should be excited about and, and should be interested in. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Daniel, let's just move real quick. I see on social media that because of this run on recruiting an offensive lineman and, you know, obviously Phil Troutwine <clears throat> played a big part in getting the Norzad kid here via the transfer portal. He's on a roll as it, it comes to acquiring talent. Uh, it seems to be the gist that could be dead on accurate, but there's like another key component to this process that I just wanted to touch on with you, the development part of the process that I think, it's great to be a, a guy that can get kids here, but it doesn't really, really matter if they're not going to perform at a high level, especially 
when they go to they they go up against some of the Big Ten conference heavyweights. I just thought that was kind of really missing, and it really showed up, especially against Michigan, a little bit against Michigan State. Um, there were some there were some rough, rough stretches for the offensive line against Wisconsin, even Ohio State. Even though they moved the ball, they scored some points. You know, there was that strip sack. I think right before halftime for a touchdown where the two defensive ends beat their beat their whoever was in front of them. And they just met at Sean Clifford. And that was a play that Penn state really couldn't recover from. So as far as Phil Troutwine goes, I still think this is a huge year for him in terms of what the product looks like on the field. Yeah, I was, I've been very kind of, deliberate in mentioning that um in a lot of like the the mailbags and some of the conversations i've had with with subscribers is that i think it's it's no secret that penn state struggled and i think that's kind of the the sentiment of at least part of the fan base is that all right all these stars are nice all these low numbers are nice um all these you know dimensions are nice but what's going to happen when they actually get to penn state and that's interesting to watch and i think we'll get kind of um a better idea of Troutline as a, as a developer this season. Um, obviously he, he got hired in January, 2020, you know, some people didn't get a mulligan for, for 2020. I mean, Kirk Chiraca didn't, um, but I think <laughs> that, not. yeah, I, I think that it's something that you kind of got a, at a position like offensive line that is so hands-on and that is so kind of that it's in the little details. Yeah. I think that it takes a little bit of time. Um, and then on top of that, you had a new offensive coordinator coming in for 2021 and Mike Yersich. So even though you had continuity at the offensive line, the overall system was changing. So I think that we'll be able to get kind of a, a better evaluation on Phil Troutline as a developer this, this fall, because there'll be continuity. Yersich will be back. Um, and I think also you kind of need to look a little bit more at, at how the younger guys come along than necessarily what's going on with, with the older guys. I mean, Mike Miranda, obviously took a little bit of a, of a step back, uh, in 2021, but he was a fifth year senior. You, you knew what you were going to get out of him. Um, whereas you kind of look and then the bowl game, Olu Fashanu, uh, comes up, holds his own, you know, yep. is that more indicative of Phil Troutline or is, um, you know, Mike Miranda's performance and Rashid Walker's performance, is that more indicative? So we'll see as these younger guys kind of work their way up, we'll get the, the idea of Troutline as a developer. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, and I'm not, this is not, I think you make a good point about there's, it's different, I guess, in your first year as an offensive line coach and you don't have a spring and you really don't have a, you don't really, I mean, they weren't even going to have a season. Then all of a sudden there's a season and they're not really planning for having a season. And next thing you know, they're opening up on the road against a good Indiana defense. And then, oh, by the way, at week two, Ohio State comes to town. Next thing you know, they're 0 and 2 and confidence is shot. And, you know, it was, I actually thought the offensive line was better in 2020 than it was in 2021 in certain respects. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a puzzler, but I think this is the year, even though the schedule's not doing them any favors early, Daniel, this is a year where man, they, you know, it can't be a boat race to Sean Clifford uh, when the pass rush comes after it's, they gotta be able to balance it. They gotta be able to run the ball. These guys just can't get smoked at scrimmage. Um, They gotta be able to pick up line stunts and blitzes and all that stuff. They struggle. I thought with a lot of that stuff. So this is, it's great to have these guys, but it it really is. But Penn state fans, I mean, the team's 11 and 11 the last two years and they, they, you know, seven and six, you know, even, you know, a five loss season, I don't think it's going to sit very well. So 
I, I just think that Phil, I, I hopefully Phil can pair the development part with the uh, talent acquisition part. Cause if he could do that, you know, we're not really going to be talking that much about him and the offensive line next year. And I think the less you talk about him, the probably the better that they've played. So I know you got, you have, a, I think you have a question for me. Is there something you want to throw at me trying to trick me yeah, so. the Super Bowl week? What are you trying to do now? <laughs> Quick game for you. So yeah. uh, Super Bowl trivia? NFL, I wish, I wish uh, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't that prepared, but uh, about 10 you minutes you before. You ask me about the first 20 Super Bowls. You can ask me whatever you want and I'll get it right. <laughs> um, so I think about 10 minutes before we got on uh, the NFL released its list of combine invites. Ooh. All right. So first, how many Penn state players do right. you think were invited to the combine? Right. This, I'm, I'm just trying to do this in my head. So if you can just do a little James Franklin filibustering for me, let me just, let me just see. Cause now, now, now you got me. Well, on, on penlive.com this morning, I did have a mock draft roundup. Uh, it's after the, the postseason all-star games. So I think that some people that were down at the senior bowl out at the shrine shrine bowl were able to, to make some changes. Obviously Jahan Dotson is kind of firmly entrenched in that yep. late first round. Uh, I think one mock had him going 21st and then a couple had him going 32nd. Um, that's kind of his okay. range. And then, uh, guys like Jaquan Brisker and Arnold okay. Abichetti were. I already have my list made up. I already have my, my list made up. It, it took less than 30 seconds. Can kickers be invited to the combine? Specialists are invited to Ooh. the combine. This is a, I have a pretty long list. Give me the number and then we can go back to the name. Yeah, yeah. I'll right give you the, I'm going to give you the number. And I have not looked. I have not looked at Penn Live. I was prepping uh, so hard for this podcast and, and getting getting to know some of the things we're going to talk about. I, I legitimately have not looked at this. In my mind, I think there are nine Lions deserving of combine invites. It's eight. Oh, all right. All right. I'll just give you my list. Then I'll go, all right, who's the guy that didn't get it? All right. So Jahan Dotson, Rashid Walker, Arnold Ebiketti, Brandon Smith, Tariq Castro-Fields, Jaquan Brisker, Jesse Lucetta. And so I have two other names, and I just – I feel like – boy, I don't know. I, maybe they just don't take that many specialists. I, I just think Ellis Brooks probably would need would probably need the combine more than Jordan Stout. So I'll say Brooks made it, Stout didn't. It's flipped. Stout oh. is in. Brooks Brooks is not is not on the list. That was that was when I was making the list. That was the one where I was like, it's close. I mean, I just didn't know. I don't with the combine. I just don't know. <laughs> What else you can find out about Jordan Stout? I mean, he's going to be <laughs> kicking in a dome. He can kick it to the moon. He he was kicking rockets at the Senior Bowl. Not, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're going to invite Jordan, I think I think Ellis Brooks is absolutely a guy that you should invite to the combine. Hundred tackles, uh, productive starter, had some big gains for Penn State. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to hear that Ellis Brooks didn't make it, but. I think he was absolutely deserving. Brooks and Derek Tangelo did get good reviews uh, from their performance out at the Shrine Bowl in in Vegas last week. So that's at least, even though they don't have the combine invites, that's at least, I think, a a step in in the right direction for both of them uh, in the pre-draft process. 
Daniel, the combine is that does that still is it, this year is it still towards the end of February, early March, or is it like third? What is that what it's set for? It begins February twenty eighth, um, and I think the on field workouts begin a couple of days later, and it's still still in Indianapolis right now. Our guys ever send you to the? Have you have you been to the combine before? Yeah, in uh, in twenty nineteen, uh, I drove I, out. I thought with, I remembered uh, you went because you got to get to get you were covering the Eagles and you got to get to probably talk to some Eagles people and I think maybe there were some Penn State people out there. You probably talked to them as well. We we had the whole whole NFL crew out there for for a couple of days. It was, a, it was a great experience. Freezing Indianapolis in late February. I mean, I bet I bet there were a lot of growling growlers. Uh, consumed after deadline because it's not like you go to the pool, hit the beach. I mean, Indianapolis at that time of year, there's really only about three or four things you can do when you're not working. It was, it was a work trip, Bob. It was a work trip. Uh, Fun city, fun city, but okay. I think nine, you know, and again, Penn State fans are going to see not eight guys, eight guys go to the combine and they lost six of their final eight games. So I just think that it's just not a great look for Penn State to have that many guys to combine and have that record and lose to Illinois on homecoming. It's just, just like a little smack in the face. But um, I think it's a great list. And just off the top of my head, Jesse Lucetta was, I saw some of the stuff he did at the senior bowl and boy, I am, I'm so happy. I didn't, I did not have high expectations for him going into 20, uh, 21. I'm so happy I was wrong about him. That guy is a football player and talk about a guy who made the most of a position switch and just got better and better and better. And he's, you know, he's better off the edge than he is as a, as a, as a, as a linebacker in the box. But the fact that he can, he can play outside linebacker, he can play defensive end, he can rush the passer, he could play other linebacker spots. I mean, this guy, I'm sure I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but he's, he's really improved his stock. And there's some teams, I think anyone, anyone who wants to run a three, four, or even a four, three, I mean, he could play just about in multiple defenses, great player, but the guys, the guys I'm I'm really eager to see at the combine, I think Brandon Smith, after spending pretty much all of December, January, and he's going to have spent 10 weeks getting ready for this thing. I would imagine it's going to be showtime from Brandon Smith. I'm really curious to see uh, if he's healthy, what he does. Curious to see him at Penn State's Pro Day when that comes out. And I think I think Arnold Ebiketti can really benefit from the combine. I wonder if Jaquan Brisker is healthy enough to do all the events he wants to do. I wonder if he'll, at the very least, if he'll run and maybe jump. I don't know if that shoulder, that upper body issue that bothered him all year, uh, Daniel. I hope he's kind of ready to go because he didn't, he didn't work. He did not uh, participate at the Senior Bowl, correct? No, he did not. Yeah, so I think it's a great list. I think a lot, there's and when there's that many guys, there's going to be always something to probably write about. They're going to just about every position group is, is represented, and, and I'm excited, happy, happy for all those guys. I hope Ellis Brooks makes an NFL team. He hope he makes a team, and then he tracks down the people who issued the combine invites and just just laughs in their face because he really did have a great great senior year. So I I'm, I hope he gets to prove a lot of people wrong. I know we've already, I've been rambling, so, and I, I want to let you go, but I'm not letting you go, Daniel Gallon. We talked about this at the start of the NFL postseason. You refused, refused <laughs> to make a Super Bowl pick. I think I had the Packers and the Bills, so 
you were smart to refuse my offer because I went over for <laughs> two. But now that we know who's in the game, who is your pick? What's your score? And then I'll give mine. Um, I think this is definitely more with kind of the the heart and what I would what I would like to see uh, more than what maybe I, I think will happen. But I think it would be I'd like to see the Bengals. I think it would be uh-huh. fun to see the Bengals win. Um, so I'll go Cincinnati twenty four, Rams. Let's say twenty. Mm. Sounds like a nice little money line bet on FanDuel. It's gambling and you can gamble legally in Pennsylvania if you're right. I mean, it could be a nice little celebration for you, that little money line bet. Uh, I think the Rams have just a little, a, little, a little bit better on the defensive side in terms of creating pressure on, on jumping Joey Burrow. They can bring pressure inside, collapse the pocket, and they also have Von Miller off the edge. 30-24, to 24, Odell Beckham goes off. That's my score. Dave Jones picked the Bengals too, so you're screwed. <laughs> technically he's not going to put it in print so you're actually not screwed it's only when he makes it only when he writes something about it on pen live does it usually go horribly wrong i should have listened to i should have listened to yesterday's podcast before oh, uh, before we you're recorded like only, you're like the only one in the country that hasn't heard it yet and listen to it <laughs> shame on you does penn state play on sunday or are you going to be able to watch the uh super bowl they, they play they have an 8 30 p.m tip at minnesota not. on okay, saturday on on okay. Saturday night, okay. uh, so I'll be I'll be good to go for uh, for some Super Bowl action. Gonna got my mom's recipe for pizza dip, so I'm gonna put Ooh. that into action, and uh, it's gonna be a good Sunday. You gonna house party it? Uh, I think I might be getting together with some colleagues up here in State College to, the only way to, to go. watch a little football. Good for you. You guys are gonna have a great time. I know you'll enjoy the game. Stay safe. Thank you for that. I like that. Keep throwing quizzes at me. I'm really disappointed for Ellis Brooks, but I thought nine was going to be the number. Son of a gun. Anyway, that's it for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown Podcast. Daniel Gallen and Dustin Hockett-Smith will be back later in the week. I don't know if he's got his outline going yet. We already talked about some stuff. We probably, I probably stepped on his toes already, but don't forget to check out their podcast a little bit later in the week. And Daniel and I will be back in the middle of next week uh, to make fun of Daniel's pick of the Bengals winning outright. Take care. Enjoy the dip and enjoy the game. You too, Bob. And enjoy your sunny Wednesday. <laughs> this has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.